What is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to another episode here on the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And guys, in today's episode, we are going to be previewing all of the upcoming action on week 8 of the 2022 college football season. And yet again, we have another amazing week filled of just even more amazing games. So sit back, relax, grab some coffee if you're on your way to work while you're driving or if you're just chilling at the house listening to today's episode, make sure to go grab a snack of your choosing because today we're going to be previewing a bunch of amazing games. And, you know, before we do start, guys, I just want to, like we always do, I just want to ask you all to please make sure that you like, comment, rate, share, do whatever you can so we can continue to be able to spread the podcast to other people so we can continue so we can continue to keep everybody up to date with constant sports news. So anyway, guys, thank y'all so much for all the support that y'all have shown. And guys, like we always say here on the Cover 7 podcast, I do not want to waste y'all's time. So let's get right into today's episode. And once again, we're finally back with another week of kicking off college football on a Wednesday. So we're done with Thursday kickoffs. We're going to be kicking week 8 off on a Wednesday with another Sun Belt matchup as we have Georgia State traveling into Boone, North Carolina to take on the Appalachian State uh, Mountaineers. Well, this game, which will be at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2, Appalachian State, a team that, you know, especially after beating uh, Texas A&M early on in the year, a lot of people expected them to be pretty solid. Even their week one matchup against North Carolina where they put up 61 points. I mean, they look like they had one of the best offenses in all of the country with Chase Bryce, who is a former Clemson and Duke quarterback. But they kind of started to definitely come back to reality a little bit as they now sit at 3-3, three and three, and they're taking on Georgia State, who's just a pretty weak opponent. Nothing against Georgia State. But in this matchup, I would definitely take the Appalachian State Mountaineers, largely due to the fact that also they're at home. And I just think that you know going up against a pretty weak defense in Georgia State they'll be able to get things going so give me the Appalachian State Mountaineers over Georgia State in this game and guys that is the lone game for Wednesday so now we're going to go over to Thursday in which we have two games going on now the first game that I'm going to want to talk about is going to be at 6 30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN which will be the lone power five game on Thursday as we have the Virginia Cavaliers traveling to Atlanta mm to take on the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And for Virginia, a team that, you know, not necessarily was supposed to be a top 25 team, but definitely a team that should have been able to compete in the ACC. They've just flunked out this season. They currently sit at 2-4. and four. Their starting quarterback, Brennan Armstrong, has not looked that great so far this year. The offense, which was, which was supposed to be kind of a strong point, especially with a lot of veterans on that, they're on their offense, just has looked horrendous. Tony Elliott, the first-year head coach, after being the defensive coordinator at Clemson for for the past few years, he came over and, you know, things just haven't been clicking for the Cavaliers. And then for Georgia Tech, you know, fired their, I think, four-year head coach, Jeff Collins, who was supposed to be able to revive this program. You know, he's a great recruiter. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely great recruiter. He was able to get Jameer Gibbs, who's currently balling out at Alabama. And But ultimately this year, just a lot of struggles on the defensive side of the football, offensive side, especially just being able to get anything going in the past game, especially when Georgia Tech, they finally got out of the triple option and went to the spread. So in this game between Virginia, Virginia and Georgia Tech, it's kind of a toss-up, so to speak, because both of these teams aren't really strong in any category, so to speak. But I know people are going to be kind of clowning me for this, but definitely give me Georgia Tech due to the fact that I like them at home. Virginia, just they have not been able to get anything going offensively. So give me Georgia Tech over the Virginia Cavaliers. 
And then, guys, for our final game on Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPNU, we have the Troy Trojans, who currently sit at 5-2 and two and are looking pretty solid. They're traveling to Mobile, Alabama to take on the 5-1 South Alabama Jaguars. So this game actually will probably be pretty solid. Two Sunbelt teams who are having pretty decent years. I'm not going to lie and act like I know a lot about either of these teams because I don't think a lot of people really do. But um, from what I've heard, I guess South Alabama has a really good offense. Troy, they're just kind of solid overall. But in my opinion, I'm definitely going to want to take South Alabama as they were – as the, I would definitely – Sorry, guys, I got tongue twister right there. I would definitely want to take South Alabama in this game as they will now improve to 3-0 in the Sun Belt over the Troy Trojans. Nothing against Troy. I just think from what I've heard that you know South Alabama, they have a pretty solid offense. So give me the Jaguars over the Trojans to close up Thursday night. And now, guys, let's go over to Friday's slate of games as we now wrapped up Thursday. And on Friday, we also have two games as well, one being in the Conference USA and the other being in the American. But the first game to kick off Friday is going to be at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2 as we have the Tulsa Golden Hurricane traveling to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to take on the Temple Owls. And, well, not too much to talk about really in this game, Temple. Got absolutely crushed by UCF last week in Orlando, 70-13. to Tulsa haven't, re- haven't really been able to get their foot out the door yet, but I just know Temple, they just have not looked good at all and this, just this year. I mean, Tulsa hasn't either, but definitely I think Tulsa's defense, despite losing their defensive, their defensive coordinator Joe Gillespie to TCU, I think they should be able to contain a pretty weak Temple Owls offense. So give me the Tulsa Golden Hurricane over the Temple Owls. And then finally, a pretty solid matchup in the Conference USA. Both have really good offenses at 7 p.m. Central Time on CBS Sports Network. We have the UAB Blazers taking on the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Now, Western Kentucky, they're kind of be, they're kind of becoming known as transfer quarterback U, so to speak. Last year, Bailey Zappi, who set multiple NCAA records, now is with the New England Patriots, and they're starting quarterback right now, actually, because Mac Jones is out with an injury. So now, but this time around, they got another transfer quarterback in the form of Division II national champion at West Florida, Austin Reed. He had a pretty solid career for the Argonauts at West Florida, so now he transferred into Western Kentucky. And overall, he's had a pretty solid season to start this year, especially in the past game as on the year he already has 2,300 passing yards with 21 touchdowns. So he's looking pretty good, and I know Western Kentucky overall, they haven't had their best year by any means. They currently sit at 4-3, and three, but then at the same time with UAB, they're also a pretty solid team too as they sit at 4-2. and two. So pretty good matchup, but I think Western Kentucky's offense should be able to get it done against the Blazers of UAB. So give me Western Kentucky over UAB at home. Now, anyway, guys, that wraps up our midweek kind of, I mean, I know Friday's technically weekend, but our midweek slate of games. So now let's get over to the main part of of week eight as we now will go to Saturday. And, man, do we have some pretty good matchups to kick us off on Saturday and the first game that I want to talk about is going to be at 11 a.m. Central Time on Fox as we have the Iowa Hawkeyes who just continue to struggle to find anything on offense traveling to Columbus, Ohio to take on the second ranked Ohio State Buckeyes and you know for Ohio State 
They all—I mean—they arguably have one of the top offenses in all of the land. C.J. Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr., who's really emerged as almost their number one option at wide receiver up to this point. You know, Jackson Smith and Jigbo, which hopefully he'll be coming back here soon from an injury, will be able to return to Ohio State's lineup. I mean, I don't think there's really a question about who will win this game. Obviously, Iowa—they do have a pretty decent defense, but offensively if you're not able to put up any points you're not going to be able to beat Ohio State so give me CJ Stroud and Ohio State to continue their dominance in the Big Ten over the Iowa Hawkeyes and then guys the next game that we have and one of my personal favorite games of this weekend is going to be the 14th ranked Syracuse Orange traveling out to Clemson to take on the 5th ranked Clemson Tigers and man this is going to be a really good matchup. Syracuse, who has arguably one of the more strong offenses in the ACC, guys like Sean Tucker, Garrett Schrader, the former uh, Mississippi State quarterback, they've been they've been off to a really strong start, really strong start so far this year. And their defense hasn't been that hasn't been that bad as well. They've been really solid, you know, holding NC State to only nine points last week. And I know NC State did not have Devin Leary, but even outside of that, a team that was supposed to be able to really, I mean, honestly, be able to compete against Syracuse. They weren't able to put up anything more than three field goals on the day. So the Syracuse team, honestly, in my opinion, is a real deal. Now, they are going to be traveling to Clemson, so you, also, you obviously have to factor that in as well. And then also Clemson, who is pretty much coming off a blow blowout win against Florida State. I wouldn't say they blew them out, but... You know, Florida State kind of had a late comeback, so to speak, to make the score not look as bad as it should have. But overall, I think, you know, unfortunately, due to the fact that this game will be played at Clemson, give me the Clemson Tigers over Syracuse, as unfortunately, Syracuse dream season will fall just a little bit short of remaining unbeaten. But I think it'll be a lot closer than people expect. And also, don't be shocked, too. I mean... I mean, I honestly do believe that Syracuse, they also have a chance to be able to win this game if, they're able, if their defense is able to contain DJ Ugalele and that Clemson offense. But anyway, guys, the next game that we have is going to be at 11 a.m. Central Time on the SEC Network as we have UT Martin taking on the third-ranked Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee coming off a huge win against Alabama up in Knoxville. I mean, that energy, and I don't know if y'all saw too, that Tennessee fans literally took the goalpost down, carried it out of the stadium, and did like a little tour with it around like the town. I mean, it was just, it was hilarious, but cool at just how much that, how much that win meant to Tennessee the first time that they had beaten Alabama in, I think, about 16 years. So it meant a lot to that whole town, and the fact now that they pretty much are right now sitting in a playoff spot it's just huge. Hendon Hooker looked absolutely fantastic. Hyatt, who, who uh, Tennessee's wide receiver, who absolutely emerged onto the scene with five receiving touchdowns on the day last week against Alabama. They'll have no struggles against UT Martin in this game. So give me Tennessee huge over UT Martin in this game. Now the next game that we got that we have guys on our noon slate is going to be at 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN2 as we now have the non-ranked Kansas Jayhawks taking on the Baylor Bears in Waco. Um, the thing with Kansas is not the fact their offense played bad because their offense actually played really well last week against Oklahoma. Jason Bean, I know he threw a no, no, I think he threw a pick or two, but overall didn't have a bad game by any means. His wide receivers, Lawrence Arnold, had a pretty solid game. Uh, just the defense, they were not able to contain Dylan Gabriel and OU's offense, and now they're going down to Baylor. I know Baylor may not have their starting quarterback, so that will be a huge blow for them personally. You know, Baylor, they're also coming off a loss to West Virginia up in Morgantown, which a lot of people did not expect. So in this game, I, you know, love to say it, but at the same time, 
I I really I don't know. It's just one of the more painful things because I know Baylor they don't have their their best quarterback potentially in this game. So give me the Kansas Jayhawks with a bounce back win over Baylor down in Waco. I just I just think honestly if you know Baylor doesn't have their starting quarterback in this game, I don't think they will be able to you know be able to put up the points that they'll need to put up in order to compete with Kansas's offense. So give me the Jayhawks over the Baylor Bears and a comeback win for the Hawks. Now, the next game that we have, guys, is going to be at 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN as we have the 21st-ranked Cincinnati Bearcats traveling down to Dallas, Texas to take on the SMU Mustangs. SMU, who got a, who, who got a much-needed win last week against Navy, Tanner Mordecai was able to get it done on the ground. The biggest question mark in that game was the fact that SMU never really targeted their star wide receiver, Rasheed Rice, that much. He only had three receptions on the day, but overall they were able to, I mean... They were pretty much able to contain Navy for most of this game. Navy, which you know, which was kind of funny to see them in the spread and the shotgun. They were able to kind of make just kind of close the uh, gap a little bit more towards the end of the game. But SMU definitely had a lot of defensive struggles against Navy, especially in the run game. So it'll be interesting to see how they contain themselves against Cincinnati. But overall, I just I don't think SMU, at least this year, they're that great of a team. So give me the 21st-ranked Cincinnati Bearcats over SMU on SMU's homecoming. Now, guys, the next game that we will have is going to be at 1.30 p.m. Central Time on Peacock or NBC as we have the UNLV Rebels traveling out to South Bend to take on Notre Dame. And, well... Notre Dame, they're coming off another disappointing loss after what looked like they could like they could have potentially been going down the right path. Finally, you know, getting that huge upset win over BYU in Las Vegas. Now they're going to be playing Las Vegas' school in Indiana. So I just it's really interesting to see how the offense bounces back because overall, I mean, Notre Dame's defense did not play horrifically bad. They didn't play good because no offense, Stanford does not have that great of an offense. I know Tanner McKee which a lot of NFL draft draft scouts love him a ton just because of his sheer size at the quarterback position. But in this game for Notre Dame, they have to be able to get it going in the run game. If you're not going to be able to get it going in the run game, that's why you lose to Marshall. That's why you barely beat California. And it's also why you lost to Stanford. So in UNLV, they also had a pretty good start to the season. I know they've kind of, once again, come back to reality. But overall, they don't have a bad team by any means. I think if UNLV can be able to kind of hold Notre Dame's run game, this should be a pretty interesting game to watch. But I think Notre Dame, they should be able to win this game. But don't be shocked at the Rebels. They give Notre Dame a ton of struggles in this game. And that, guys, that will really wrap up the noon slate of games that we have going on. This isn't really the big part of today, but definitely the midday and then the evening slate of games, they definitely are going to have some pretty solid matchups. But first, guys, let's talk about the midday slate of games. And the first game to kick it all off is going to be at 2 p.m. Central Time, likely to be on FS1 as we have the West Virginia Mountaineers taking on the Texas Tech Red Raiders in Lubbock. West Virginia coming off a shocking win against Baylor last week. I mean, they did knock out Baylor's starting quarterback, but overall, the offense, they finally looked to be able to get things going. JT Daniels had a pretty solid day. The run game was also very impressive against Baylor's pretty stout run game defense. So, just overall, a pretty good day for West Virginia. Texas Tech coming off a bye week. They're probably going to be refreshed, definitely wanting to avenge losing to K-State. So, uh, you know, for me, I think home field advantage is a real thing, and I know a lot of people, obviously, 
you should think the same thing as well. So definitely give me Texas Tech and their high-powering offense over the, the West Virginia Mountaineers. I loved what I saw from Morton, uh, Byron Morton or Baron Morton, who the game that he played against Oklahoma State, a lot of grit that he showed, a lot of toughness. Despite him being pretty much hobbled and injured, he was able to keep, continue to keep them in that game against Oklahoma State up in Stillwater. So give me the Red Raiders over the Mountaineers in Lubbock. Now, the next game that we have, guys, and one of the biggest games of the weekend, this game is going to be at 2.30 p.m. Central Time at, on ABC as we now have the 20th-ranked Texas Longhorns taking on the number uh, the number 11-ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys. Now, Oklahoma State coming off a disappointing loss to TCU last week, had a huge lead going into the, sec the, going into the second half. But ultimately, too many conservative play calls would allow TCU to come back. And ultimately, TCU would win in double overtime as Oklahoma State would suffer their first loss of the year. And then for Texas, you know, barely being able to beat Iowa State last week. I know there was a controversial call against Iowa State's quarterback where a player literally lunged at him and nothing was ever called for targeting. So I know that had a lot of people upset. But overall, Texas would still hold on to beat Iowa State 24-21. to so this game should be a pretty interesting matchup. I mean, Quinn Ewers and that offense, they were still solid last week despite not having as much production as they had against Oklahoma. Um, I mean, I just really don't see Oklahoma State's defense, which got absolutely exposed in the second half by TCU's run game. So give me Bijan Robinson and Texas Longhorns to upset Oklahoma State up in Stillwater. I mean, yeah, it is in Stillwater. It's going to be their homecoming game. Obviously, the, the energy is going to be electric, but I do think the Longhorns, just that offense, I don't know if Oklahoma State's defense will be able to contain that, especially their secondary. So once again, give me the Longhorns over the Cowboys of OSU. Now, anyway, guys, the next game that we have that's going to be at 2.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS as we have the ninth-ranked Ole Miss Rebels traveling down to Baton Rouge to take on the LSU Tigers. And this game, personally, I think is going to be my trap game of the week because LSU, with a fantastic offensive win against Florida last week in the Swamp, you know, Anthony Richardson, he, did, he was able to run the ball pretty well against LSU's defense, so... Don't mind that one bit. LSU was able to get it back on offense with Jaden Daniels, the Arizona State transfer, as he's continued to have a pretty solid first year with the Tigers. And then on the flip side for Ole Miss, their run game was really the story against Auburn as well. They had two running backs with 130 rushing yards each. Zach Wilson's and Zach Zach Evans, not Wilson, I'm thinking the Jets quarterback. Zach Evans, the former TCU running back. And then uh, Judkins, the freshman running back, both had amazing days against Auburn. So it'll be really interesting to see how LSU's run game will go. Or, yeah, their run game will go up against Ole Miss. Just because I know Ole Miss, they really like to use their running backs. But also, they're not scared to throw the ball over you to a pretty star-studded wide receiver room. So honestly, I think Ole Miss, they'll be able to win this game. Just because they kind of have a similar offense to Tennessee in a way. You know, obviously Tennessee, they throw the football a little bit more, but both teams super high-powered. They're going to score a lot of points on you, but I think Ole Miss will be able to survive. But I think it'll be a close game. I definitely think it'll be a close game in Baton Rouge, but give me the Ole Miss Rebels over the LSU Tigers. 
And then, guys, for our next game at 2.30 p.m. Central Time on the ACC Network, we have Boston College traveling out to Winston-Salem to take on the 13th-ranked Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Not too much to say about this game. Boston College, who's had a very disappointing year so far, currently sitting at 2-4. and four. Wake Forest, who is finally being able to bounce back from that Clemson loss. Sam Hartman's looked absolutely fantastic. That offense is just unstoppable. So give me the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Huge over Boston College in this game. And now, guys, that will wrap up our afternoon slate of games. You know, once again, there's still some pretty quality games. It may not, it's not always about the quantity, but sometimes it's mostly about the quality. So some pretty good matchups for our midday slate. And now, guys, to wrap up Saturday and Week 8, we're going to be talking about the evening slate of games. And the first game to kick us off at 6 p.m. Central Time on ESPN we now have the 23rd-ranked Mississippi State uh, Bulldogs traveling to Tuscaloosa to take on the 6th-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Both teams coming off pretty upsetting losses last week. Mississippi State losing to Kentucky, where Chris Rodriguez absolutely demolished them in the run game. And then for Alabama, Hendon Hooker and Hyatt, who I talked a little bit about early on in this game, they just threw the ball just an absolutely exposed Alabama secondary. You know, Bryce Young and the offense had a really good game. They put up 49 points. Not, you know, not a bad game by any means by the offense. Just the defense could not be able to keep up with Tennessee's just high-powering offense, which is mostly led by Hendon Hooker, their Heisman hopeful quarterback. So in this game, I like Alabama largely due to the fact that they're going to be pissed off they lost to Tennessee last week. The defense, which is going to get absolutely a new one ripped into them by Nick Saban. So give me the Alabama Crimson Tide by a decent amount over Mississippi State. I think Will Rogers and them will definitely put up some points against Alabama's defense, but I just think the fact that Alabama coming off a disappointing loss last week, they're going to want to be able to you know, definitely come back in this game, so Alabama should be able to win this matchup. Now, guys, for the next game that we have at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ABC, we have the Minnesota Golden Gophers traveling out to Happy Valley to take on the 16th-ranked Penn State Nittany Lions. Now, Penn State, you know, they were supposed to be able to really contend with Michigan last week. You know, both teams explosive run games. You know, Penn State, they have their own trio of running backs, which is led by freshman phenom Nick Singleton, who had an amazing game a few weeks back against Auburn. Um, just was not the case. Sean Clifford never was able to really get going. Nick Singleton was never really able to get going. But Michigan, they had a field day against that Penn State defense as Blake Corm continued his Heisman his Heisman case as well. J.J. McCarthy didn't have his best statistical day, but definitely was able to get the ball where he needed it. And, you know, Penn State would get blown out by Michigan up in the big house. So this week, they're definitely going to be wanting revenge. I don't doubt that one bit. They're taking on a Minnesota team who's coming off a loss against Illinois where they got absolutely trounced by the round game by Chase Brown, who I still feel is a very underrated running back in college football, and I wish he'd get a lot more recognition. But in this game, I like Penn State. They're going to be at home. I'm pretty sure this is their wideout game as well, so definitely give me Penn State over the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Now, guys, for the next game that we have, and this is going to be in the SEC, and this game will be at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on the SEC Network as we have the Texas A&M Aggies traveling out to Columbia, South Carolina to take on Spencer Rattler and the South Carolina Gamecocks. Now, South Carolina, you know, they're coming off a bye week. 
But before that, they had an upset win against Kentucky up in Lexington, which was a huge game for them. The defense showed out absolutely. And, you know, for Texas A&M, despite losing to Alabama a few weeks ago, there were a lot of high notes. The offense was finally able to get going. Their freshman five-star wide receiver, Evan Stewart, he had his breakout game. Haynes King was finally able to show some type of poise and composure in the pocket, even running outside of the pocket. Devon A. Chain still looks like one of the top running backs in all of college football. And the defense, I mean, I don't think A&M's defense gets talked enough because, man, they really are probably, in my opinion, a top 25 defense in college football. So in this game, I like Texas A&M. I know South Carolina, they have a great environment. They have a great crowd. But I just think that this defense against Spencer Rattler, who's been very iffy so far this year, hasn't really been able to get consistent play out of him for the Gamecocks. So give me the Texas A&M Aggies over the South Carolina Gamecocks in Columbia. And now, guys, for the game of the week, in my opinion, and now this might be partial bias because I am a TCU fan, we have the 17th-ranked Kansas State Wildcats traveling to Fort Worth, Texas to take on the 8th-ranked TCU Horned Frogs. TCU, who had an amazing comeback win last week against the Oklahoma State Cowboys, who were ranked 8th at the time. They were able to finally get things clicking on defense as well as offense, especially in the run game with Kendra Miller and Amari DiMercato. Max Duggan was also definitely being able to get it done in the run game, but also made a few clutch passes to his favorite target, Quentin Johnston, who will likely be a first-round pick in this upcoming 2023 NFL draft. So definitely make sure you remember the name Quentin Johnston. But on the flip side for K-State, they're also coming off of a bye week like many teams had. And, you know, for K-State, their main thing is going to be their run game. Their run game, if they're able to get Adrian Martinez going, they're able to get Deuce Vaughn going. You know, even if Adrian Martinez is also able to get it going in the pass game because, he, you know, he's also a really good passer. If, if Kansas State is able to do all of these things against a TCU secondary, which has definitely been shaky so far these past few weeks, they got exposed in the second half against Kansas. They got exposed really in the first half against Oklahoma State. If Kansas is really able to run, Kansas State is able to really run the football against this TCU Horned Frog team, they will have a legitimate chance to be able to knock off TCU at home. But also, this is TCU's homecoming. They just set a student section record with 6,000 students. You're probably wondering, well, why is that a big deal? TCU's enrollment is only about 10 to 12,000 students, so half of the school was there. So that was a huge accomplishment for a little private school in Texas, but. I like TCU in this game largely due to the fact that I love the run game. I love what the offense is doing. The defense, I know they have a few injuries. Marcel Brooks is likely out for the year. But overall, they have a really solid defense. The secondary has stepped up when they've needed them. Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, Josh Newton, and, and Abe Kamara, who I think is a safety that needs to get talked about a little bit more in college football. So this might be a little bit of bias, but personally for me, I like TCU largely due to the fact that this is going to be their homecoming game. They still have a lot they want to prove that, you know, the, that game against Oklahoma State was not a fluke. It just wasn't pure luck. So give me TCU over Kansas State. But I do think that this will be a close game because I think Deuce Vaughn and Adrian Martinez, they will be able to run the ball pretty well over TCU's defense. And then, guys, for the next game that we have on our Saturday slate, we only have a few more to talk about, but the next one I want to talk about is going to be at 7 p.m. Central Time on the ACC Network, and that is going to be the Pitt Panthers traveling to Louisville to take on the Louisville Cardinals. Pitt, once again, they had a good start to the year. You know, they lost to Tennessee at home, which now that we see how good Tennessee is, it doesn't really make that a bad loss. But then also at the same time when they did end up losing, 
to Georgia Tech. That was a huge blow to their chances of being in the top 25. So I think they'll be able to bounce back against Louisville, which defensively has not had that great of a year. I know they are coming off a win, you know, playing against Virginia. But overall, give me the Pitt Panthers in that offense against the Louisville Cardinals. Despite it being at home for the Cardinals, I just like personally, in my opinion, I like uh, Pitt over the Louisville Cardinals in this game. And guys, that will really wrap up week eight of the 2022 college football season. This week also is kind of similar to last week where there's not a lot of matchups going on, but a lot of the matchups are really good ones. Let me know what y'all's personal favorite one is. I know mine's going to be going to the Kansas State and TCU game on homecoming. That's going to be an amazing atmosphere, and I can't wait. I also can't wait to watch a lot of the other games, the Texas A&M, South Carolina one. You know, just let me know which ones y'all are looking forward to the most as well because this is definitely going to be a good weekend of college football football guys seriously thank y'all for all the support that you have shown to the cover seven podcast because it means the absolute world to me and i'm just so thankful that y'all allow me to be able to continue to make these every single week for y'all so guys make sure to also check out which was posted a little bit earlier today the nfl week seven preview as well that came out at 12 p.m central time so make sure to go check out as we talk about all of the upcoming NFL matchups in week seven. So guys, thank y'all so much for listening and I will see y'all back here on Sunday for a recap of all the action from week eight of the 2022 college football season. So see y'all guys then and have an amazing weekend.